Good morning. Growing up, I was a good girl, a very good girl. I knew the rules and I followed them. I followed the rules, however, if the truth be known, not always because I agreed with them, but because sometimes I was rewarded and given advantages over others simply because I knew the rules, I had memorized them, and I kept them. More and more, as I became aware of who is granted advantages over others, who benefits from certain rules, and who is overwhelmingly disadvantaged time and time again by those same rules, I began to question blind, that blindly following rules was not, was not the right thing to do. And I began to raise serious questions about the rules themselves. Growing up and maturing as a white girl of privilege, I could no longer take for granted that rules protect and offer the same advantages to all people. I also became aware of how playing by the rules themselves without deeper, riskier, moral discernment on behalf of those not as privileged as I involved me in behavior complicit in perpetuating systemic injustice. Like Jesus, I had to ask harder questions and accept the consequences those questions demanded of me. And now in this time and season, we also face those questions together as members of the body of Christ, the Episcopal Church. Enter today's gospel text as we return to Mark. In today's gospel, Jesus' disciples are criticized for apparently failing to follow the tradition of the elders, the rules, by eating with uh, unwashed hands. It is one of the many occasions in scripture in which Jesus confronts the religious authorities of his own day. Jesus responds to the critique of the disciples by the Pharisees and the scribes as they ask him, why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? Instead of arguing fact for fact, Jesus goes to the very heart of the matter as he quotes from the prophet Isaiah. This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrine. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. In these short verses from the prophet Isaiah, Jesus strikes at the underlying hypocrisy of the question itself. Isaiah recognizes that too often the letter of the law is upheld while ignoring the intention for which it exists. Religious rules must point us beyond rigid adherence toward a deeper understanding of God's desire for the well-being and abundant life of all. Isaiah's focus, as it was for Jesus, is on the heart, 
the seat of our wills, the source of all thought and thoughtful action. The prophetic admonition is to orient hearts toward God and God alone. When we lose that orientation, when we lose that direction and trajectory in our life, we become subject to the criticism that Jesus quotes from Isaiah. This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And the prophet continues the challenge, in vain do they worship me. Jesus is not rejecting the Torah, the Mosaic code that is God's gift to the people of Israel. Rather, he is joining the long prophetic tradition that constantly calls to see the law as shapers of hearts in ways that help us live, all of us together, faithfully, lovingly, justly, as those called to love God and our neighbors as ourselves. In the Abrahamic faith traditions shared by Jews and Muslims and Christians, we believe in a God who acts in history through human relationships and events. God calls us a people and offers us a covenant for life that has the power to shape and reshape relationships with the creator, the whole of creation, and all living things. How we live in relationship to creation matters to God. On this occasion, Jesus is asking the religious authorities of his day to consider what is more important, the ritual of, of washing or the feeding of those who are hungry. It's pretty clear to Jesus where faithfulness lies. Is compassion, hospitality, and ultimately love more important than any long-standing tradition of the elders? In a recent letter to the people of the Diocese of Virginia, the right Reverend Jennifer Brooke Davidson wrote this. As we are all talking about what the world looks like after, please God, the worst of COVID, the sense of radical change afoot in the world, and what seem to be the seismic shifts in culture, the uncertainty polarizes many of us into several camps. Thank God it's over. Let's get back to familiar patterns and stability now. Two, might as well tear down what's left and start from scratch to perhaps the largest camp. I am, or we are, exhausted and overwhelmed and don't even know how to think about all of this anymore. I myself feel a lot of those things in each of those camps, moving between, so to speak, a sense of overwhelming fear and loss of control to a more open, deeper, relationship with God and Jesus Christ that anchors my life. I am and we are exhausted and overwhelmed so often, but we must continue to ask ourselves this question. What truly matters when it comes to love? What truly matters to God about how we live in relationship to other people? 
to creation, to all that we have been blessed. What truly matters as a follower of Jesus Christ, called to live in a way that gives witness to the unconditional love of God in Jesus Christ. What are the idols I place in the center of my life that distract me from offering that kind of love? What kind of idols have I constructed in my life so that it might look like I'm willing to have my heart broken open to the pain of the world so that I become more and more like the one I receive from the sacred table, but instead I'm really not open to that pain or to the response in living a just and holy life. Bishop Jennifer continues, everyone who loves the church wants the best for the kingdom of God in Christ's body, including this house called Episcopal. I don't believe there's any possibility that the church will be gone. It is, after all, the embodiment of Christ on earth in some way or another, in and out of all seasons. The real question is, how are we called to be the body of Christ? Like the debates in the civil arena, some argue for locking down tra uh, tradition as tightly as possible changing nothing, and maybe even arguing for going back a little bit in time, if possible. Others argue for throwing out all of it and starting over again from first principles, whatever it is that they consider those to be. Where are our foundations strong and solid, and what needs repair or updating? What has collapsed in the storm and created space for something new, something more faithful, something even stronger in our life in relationship to God and Jesus Christ? My friends, I invite you to take Bishop Jennifer's words to heart. Allow it to take root, ruminate on its challenges. Take the risk of surrendering whatever your preconceived notions of what is negotiable and what is not in the light of the non-negotiable virtue that is love alone. How are we, how are you and I, called to be the light and love of Jesus Christ in this violent, terrifying, and fearful world? How are we to hold gently to the tradition of the elders while we follow in the way of love, the way of Jesus. How are we called to let loose the unconditional love of God in Jesus Christ into a world that needs it so desperately? What needs to go? What needs to stay? What needs restoration, recreation, or renewal? What needs to be birthed in a new way so that it is love that shapes and reshapes and transforms our hearts. If we are willing to accept the challenges of the gospel before us today, we will hold on to practices and create new practices that offer us discipline and strength, renewal, and embolden us to see within our sacramental life 
rooted at this holy table, new and meaningful ways to be the hands and heart of Christ in this world. That we are called time and time again to be the beloveds of God, to be reconcilers and healers, doers of the word, and lovers of all. As Bishop Jennifer asked, will the truth of Christ mediated in word and sacrament still bring transformation and hope to our communities? If we say yes, if we agree, then we must surrender our whole selves to the love of God. We must be open to having our own hearts and minds transformed by that same love of God. So today I ask you, are you and I, are we willing to ask the hard questions of old ways of being, of old ways of serving, of following, and even of believing? Are we willing to embrace the traditions of the elders only if they serve the way of love? Are we willing to trust and to believe that God in Jesus Christ and by the power of that Holy Spirit is doing in this time and place a new thing? Our Anglican tradition anchors us in the old and in the new as we seek and serve Christ in all persons. How are you and I, how are we together willing to be instruments agents, co-creators with the divine of such life-giving and transforming acts of love that serve all God's beloveds and all creation? How will our practices fortify us, nurture us, and embolden us in our witness along the way? For according to Jesus, that is the very heart of the matter. Indeed, his witness teaches us it is all that matters when it comes to love, for love will reshape, reshape everything. Amen.